Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Let's try it again. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks. It is so great to have all of you here joining us uh, in person. And if uh, you couldn't make it, but you're following us on our live stream, welcome to all of you as well. It is great to have you here. Uh, Christmas is one of my uh, favorite times of the year as our family has many Advent traditions that started back at the end of uh, November. And uh, we've been going in our church services here on Sunday uh, over the Advent candles, starting with hope and then peace, joy, and love. And now tonight we light the Christ candle. But we've been looking over those past four Sundays, looking at the four truths and a lie regarding uh, those themes. And so, four truths and a lie about myself. The fourth Sunday of Advent is my favorite Sunday in Advent. B, this is the first time I have preached a Christmas Eve service at this church. C, I am blamed for ruining Christmas in 1988, known as the Great Christmas Controversy. Uh, D, uh, the first Christmas Eve service I preached at this church was terrible because I was told so. And E, Christmas is my favorite holiday celebration. So, raise your hand if you think it's A. Wow, nobody. Okay, B, this is the first uh, Christmas Eve service I have preached at this church. Is that false? Okay, if you believe that I am blamed for ruining Christmas, or if this is a lie, that I was blamed for ruining Christmas in 1988, known as the Great Christmas Controversy, raise your hand. Uh, Okay, D, the first Christmas Eve service I preached at this church was terrible, and I was told so. Raise your hand if you think that's the lie. E, Christmas is my favorite holiday celebration. Raise your hand if you think that's the lie. All right, it's actually uh, B. So that would make uh, D correct. (laughs) And so when Pastor John and I were discussing uh, who was going to preach Christmas Eve and who was going to preach Christmas morning, I said, John, you've got to let me preach Christmas Eve service. Ever since the first time I preached here at the church for this Christmas Eve service, like five years ago, it was terrible. Remember how you brought me into the office and you were giving me comments from people and the feedback? So if you remember that sermon, too bad for you. But if you don't remember the sermon, good for you. Uh, So if this one uh, falls flat, I will be 0 for 2 here at this church. All right, so let's dive right in and just do a quick recap of the Advent themes. The first one is hope. And on November 27th, on Sunday, uh, I talked about how we put our hope in our faith, hope in faith of what we hope for will actually happen. Not that it might happen, but that it will happen. And we have the hope in the resurrection that Christ will redeem us and will call us home and we'll get to spend eternity in heaven with him forever. And hope comes with a condition because we're reminded in uh, scripture that without hope, it's impossible or without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because if we put our faith and our hope in ourselves to try to figure out life, 
it will inevitably lead to failure. It can only be through God uh, helping us along the way. The next Sunday was the candle of peace, and Pastor John offered four examples of what Christ has given to us to experience his peace. The first one is an upward peace, and that's a peace with God. And then we have inward peace, that's the peace of God. We have an outward peace, that's our peace with others, and we have our onward peace, which is the peace that we experience in heaven for eternity. And then the third week of Advent, we lit the candle of joy. And again, Pastor John gave us great illustrations and examples of how we can experience joy um, through Christ. And we experience this joy first because Christ has chosen us. And so because of that joy, we want to share that joy to the world, to share that joy with others in this world as well. Joy is experienced as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and it is different than just simply being happy. The truth is, oh, and then we looked at love. So last week, last Sunday, we lit the candle of love, and Pastor John talked about how there are two myths or two lies of what we think love is. So the first lie that we believe is that God couldn't possibly love any of us because of how badly we've messed up in life. And then the second lie is believing that because of God's unconditional love, that means everybody in this world will be saved, that God won't let anybody perish. Well, the truth is, is that God's love is unconditional. His forgiveness and love knows no bounds. And as no matter how far we move away from God, no matter in our relationship how much we move away from God, he still is going to love us. But that forgiveness that he offers, that gift of eternal life can only happen when we choose to give our lives over to him. It's a gift that he has given to us. It's not anything that we can earn. And during the rest of Christmas, and hopefully throughout the rest of the year, we can experience hope, peace, joy, and love, because Christ is all these things, and he is so much more. Here's the thing. When we celebrate someone's birthday, we don't go and put on our hats or party favors or whatever. We bake them a cake, and we go and celebrate the person for all the things they've done for us. Think about celebrating a a child's birthday. You know, we don't go over there and be like, wow, you did a lot of great things for us this year, so here's your birthday party. We simply celebrate the person because of who they are, not because of anything they've ever done for us. We simply celebrate them for who they are, and that's how we need to think about Christmas. It's really easy to think about all the ways that God has restored us. He has given us new life. He's redeemed us and all of those wonderful things. And to also remember that we worship our Lord and Savior simply because of who he is. He's the creator. In fact, we're reminded, and this is the most amazing thing about Christmas. And it's found in John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has uh, come into being. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then skipping down in verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you realize what that means? Do you realize what that means? The creator of the entire universe, the one and through whom created everything, showed up as a baby on this earth. That God himself came down in the most humble of circumstances to be born as a baby in a barn or a stable or a cave. And he chose to be with us, God with us. And this is where our minds are blown. Jesus is God incarnate. When we see the face of Jesus, when we experience Jesus, we are, no, we are experiencing the living God. That Jesus, when he was here on earth, spoke with authority from God because he is God. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus came and he showed up to give us new life. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, Look, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. God loved us so much that he showed up. He showed up for each and every single one of us. The Savior of the world, the one who would reconcile the world to himself, The one uh, who would show us the way to live and the one who was going to redeem us showed up. He knew that we were all on the struggle bus of life. And he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He redeemed us. He rescued us from our sins. He put our shame behind us. He told the world, you are worth it. You are worth it. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head or coming out of your nose or your ear, he knows all these things, and yet he still loved us so much that he showed up. The gift of Jesus is truly the best gift we could ever receive in life. Have you ever received an amazing gift before? Maybe it was on Christmas or a birthday or or maybe it was just a random gift that you experienced uh, during the year. I've experienced many gifts of amazingness, right? In fact, I have experienced immense generosity from this congregation and from other churches that I've served in. I've I have an amazing wife and and seven amazing children that I love. I have a house that doesn't need any major repairs right now. And I have vehicles that are running and working. And I'm so grateful, but that's not it. In 1988, I got the Nintendo Entertainment Center. The video entertainment center that I had been wanting for two years. And it came with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And I played that way too much. In fact, that game system 
was the issue that surrounded the great Christmas controversy of 1988, to which my brother and sister still remind me of every single year that I ruined Christmas that year. But I will not talk about that story tonight. I'm going to keep that one for later. But in the mid-1980s, what did every teenage girl want for Christmas? Or the thing that that person was wearing, a leather bomber jacket, of course, thank you Tom Cruise and Top Gun, for offering us that. My sister wanted a leather bomber jacket more than anything, and she asked for it all year long, and finally Christmas morning came, and there next to the tree was a nice fluffy, puffy bag, and it it had the same weight and the girth to it as a leather bomber jacket, and my sister was so excited, and she put it aside, trying not to, trying to pretend that she didn't see it, and so the presents began to be unwrapped, and it was time for her to open this present, and she begins to open it up, trying to hold with anticipation this amazing gift, and she pulls it out, and it's a bunch of rolled cotton sheeting to which her disappointed look said it all, and she was in bewilderment. And my mom, sensing her uh, confusion and disappointment, said, Oh, Betsy, remember I told you I was uh, going to make you a comforter for your bed. You've been needing one for over a year now, and I was going to make this for you. She was not happy. But my brother and I were having a great time laughing and poking fun of my sister uh, that Christmas. Now, over 35 years later, when my son Kai wanted a leather bomber jacket for Christmas last year, look at that. Guess who got him a leather bomber jacket? My mother. So the redemption (laughs) had taken place, and Kai was very happy that Christmas. Thank you, Mom. So, I tell you that story not just because of the comical value, but because I had been putting my hope in this Nintendo Entertainment Center that I had been hoping for for two years, and I actually got it, and I was excited, and I played it way too much. But my sister had hoped in anticipation for this leather bomber jacket, and she did not get it. And any time we put our hope and faith and trust in something or someone other than Jesus Christ, it's going to lead us to disappointment. And you know what? The Nintendo Entertainment Center, because of how much I played it, just stopped working after a while, and then I had to go back over to my friend's house and use theirs. But it's hard not to look to people. It's hard not to look to stuff to bring us happiness. To look at other people as the solution, to look at other things as the solution, the thing that will bring us joy or peace or hope or love. If it's not Christ, it will lead us to disappointment. And so why do we settle for these cheap substitutes? Well, it's because of our imperfections. We fall short of God's standards all the time. Our mindsets are all messed up. We have advertisers coming to us from all directions telling us what we need in order to be happy, especially during this Christmas season. But God knew how much we were prone to screwing up and turning to something else. And he said, look, I'm going to show up and I'm going to make a way for it to be possible for you to finally grasp who I am 
And I'm going to send you my spirit as well as my God, as your God. Whenever we've been in a situation to where we've exasperated all other avenues, when we've reached the end of our rope, when we've just wanted to give up, Say, for example, when you've been raking leaves and you've bagged over 50 bags and you finally load them up to the dump to four weeks later looking in your yard and realizing you need 20 more bags to fill as well, hypothetically, of course. Or whether you're trying to format a well-structured paragraph or trying to figure out a difficult math problem or when you're trying to change the rear axle shaft of a 2000 BMW 528, again, hypothetically, and you just don't know where else to go and you throw up your hands and say, I need help. We've all been in a place to where we've needed help. And I don't know what struggles or issues or things that you're dealing with in your life right now but God does. And God knows that you need help and he's just waiting for you to ask. He heard our cries. He knew our pain. He knew our failings. And so God showed up. He pressed the easy button. He said, I got this. This is the one of the reasons why we celebrate Christmas. Not just because of what Christ has done for us and the redemption that he's offered us, but simply because of who God is. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to help you along the way. We're reminded in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. You see, just at, right, at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person some, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this, though, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God showed up. Emmanuel, God with us as Jesus Christ. And he offered us a new life once and for all. And it's the best gift any of us could ever receive. And some of you here have never received that gift before. You don't know what it's like to have a new life, to be set free from whatever is holding you back. Some of you need to offer your life to Christ and say, I want to receive this gift. I want to have the assurance that I will be in heaven with you someday. I can't make it through this anymore. It's hard, and I need your help. Here's the thing about God's love. It always requires a response. And so if that's you, we want to hear from you, either in your response card or after the service and you want to come forward to receive prayer, we want to hear about it. Another way that you can respond in God's love is maybe you have a relationship with Christ, but you too have been struggling with whatever. Maybe you've reached the end of your rope with a particular issue and you don't know where else to go and you're just struggling and you're tired. We want to hear from you too. So again, let us know in your response card or come and receive prayer after the service. 
Maybe you've been coming here for a long time, or maybe you're a Christian and attend another church for a long time, but you're not really using your gift and your abilities that God has given to you. And you're, maybe you're afraid to do more or to step up and to serve. And if that's you and you need prayer as well, come after the service and receive prayer or put it in your response card and we'll get back to you. Whatever it is, wherever you are, I don't want you to leave here without experiencing the most amazing gift you could possibly ever get on Christmas. It's better than a Nintendo Entertainment Center and it's way better than a leather bomber jacket. So don't miss out on the opportunity to respond to God's love for you. May God bless all of you this Christmas Eve. Jesus, thank you again for showing us the way. Thank you for showing up, for reconciling this world to yourself. Thank you for always loving us. Thank you that you have pressed the easy button in life, God, and that you promised to walk through us, through our struggles, through our difficulties, through our pain. God, you desire all of us, to have a good relationship with you. And God, you desire everyone here to know you and to experience you and all those things that are holding us back from experiencing you. So help us as we struggle on this, uh, on this life. And God, may we fully experience Christmas the way you had always wanted it to be experienced. Amen.